Hello, everybody. This is episode 25 of the Northwest Method Express. This is Jonathan, and I am 100% flying solo this week because Tony is off visiting his mother in Australia, and nobody else wants to talk to me. No, it's not like that. Everybody else is working. I'm now sitting in my dining room, and I decided that I was going to put together uh, a podcast today. So what am I going to talk about? Well, I was inspired actually by what Eric, Tony, and I talked about a couple of episodes ago where we talked about our top five books. And I thought it might be a really good idea to come up with my top five things to watch related to food. And it's, it's really interesting because for me, I don't like to watch food TV. If given a choice, I would not watch Food Network. I think part of it is probably because I work in food. So the thought of actually watching food on TV is too much like being at work. That could be it. But I, I like to be inspired when I'm watching food. I don't like to watch people compete. I like to watch people experience. So I will watch things like The Chef's Table on Netflix. I'm incredibly inspired, but I'm also very particular about what I want to watch. So for me, I love that episode. I can't remember which one it is, but what number it is, but I think it's in the first season. Favakin restaurant in Sweden. I believe it closed just before the pandemic or just after, but a three Michelin star restaurant, uh, 150, 200 kilometers uh, north of Stockholm. And it is one of those restaurants that you don't just go there for dinner. So you literally, you go there, you eat an amazing dinner, you stay overnight, they make you breakfast, and then you leave the next day. And the chef's table that I watched on that focused on two things that I thought were absolutely crucial. One was I was just continually amazed at the number of cooks in a kitchen in a three Michelin star restaurant. And for some reason in this particular episode, it really emphasized that. But the second thing was because of where they are in the world, they really focused their energies on fermentation, preservation, things like that. And I think if I remember correctly, it was something like 60 to 70% of their winter menu is fermented and preserved. Absolutely stunning. One of our students, a number of terms ago, I want to say four terms ago, actually gave me a copy of the, the Favakin cookbook. And I, I really, really appreciate it. I relish that because it's just, it's so fascinating. There's so many great restaurants out there, but I think what happens with a lot of us in, in this profession is we tend to glom onto something and we, we don't let it go. And for me, that was Favakin. And so, so Chef's Table, I highly, highly recommend checking it. Second one for me is more along the lines, I love when people use food as an excuse to do other things. And here's, what I'm, here, here's where I go there. It's a, it's a show on YouTube called Hot Ones. And basically what happens is the interviewer, Sean Evans, 
sits down with somebody, a celebrity of some sort. It could be somebody promoting a book, a movie, you know, rock artist, celebrity chef. And what they do is they eat chicken wings and they have a conversation. Now, in theory, that sounds like it's pretty boring. The thing is, these are hot wings. And it starts from acceptable heat to face burning off, melting the scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark heat. And to me, it really becomes this effort and perseverance. Sean Evans is an amazing interviewer and he does his research. And what happens is, is that you get these people who are so, they're so impressed by the level of research that he does, even as their mouth is on fire, they, they want to make the effort to answer his questions. So really this, you know, food is, is not necessarily the focus. I mean, as many people have said, the chicken wings are actually not that good, but it is a food show. So that's, that's another one that I like. The third one that I really like is actually on the same network. So the network is called the First We Feast Network. Hot Ones is on there. But another one that I really love is The Burger Scholar. And I, I mean, I have an admission to make here. Prior to watching The Burger Scholar, I was a smash burger snob. And by, by snob, I literally mean I thought that people who made smash burgers didn't know what they were doing. I admit fully to the world that I was naive and ignorant because what you've got is a part of the food world that takes something that is on every street corner, which is the burger, and takes it very seriously. So George Motes and his show, The Burger Scholar, really attempt to educate the audience, not only on how to cook a burger, but on the history, the science. And, you know, it's just, I don't know what it is. It's, 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 a, it's a very fascinating watch. And at the same time too, very professionally done, but also incredibly funny. His wife works the camera. He has a flat top griddle in his living room. I don't know how he doesn't set off his smoke detector. I think he talks about it in one episode. And what he does is he looks at burgers, regional burgers from all over. He started off just doing it across the U.S., but he's actually spread uh, all over the world as well. And fascinating stuff. And I've learned so much about cooking a burger from watching him. So highly, highly highly recommend The Burger Scholar. Another thing that I love to do is to go down those old school YouTube rabbit holes of watching celebrity chefs from the 70s, 80s, 90s. So the three keys that I love, I love watching any Jacques Pepin videos. He is he's so smooth. He's so he, he, just, he just seems like your father or your grandfather. He's just so welcoming. Also related to that is Julia Child. Julia Child had cooking shows for decades on PBS. And she, her enthusiasm was hard to, was hard to deny. And for me, I just love going back 
and watching a lot of those videos. And then the third person for me is actually Graham Kerr. Now, Graham Kerr actually, his, his food life was split in half. The first half, the galloping gourmet, you know, he was an admitted alcoholic. He, you know, he didn't take good care of himself. The food that he made was very unhealthy. And he actually had a massive heart attack. I think that he may have actually had open heart surgery. I could be wrong on that. But he definitely was someone who lived his life to the fullest, to the excess. But then in the 1990s, he came back and he decided to go on a bit more of a health kick. And he tried to make the same food that he made in the 70s and the 80s from a healthy perspective. And I loved watching that. And I do love watching, going back and watching a lot of what he did. So it's really easy to fall down those YouTube rabbit holes, but I would highly, highly recommend going and searching out those three, Jacques Pampin, Julia Child, and Graham Kerr. I think for me, the last one, it's it's a little bit of the, the geeky part of me, but the last YouTube or TV rabbit hole that I like to go down, go down is uh, America's Test Kitchen. For me, America's Test Kitchen and you know, their publications, things like Cook's Illustrated, were what really dragged me from being an amateur cook who was a management consultant to wanting to get into the industry. There was this focus on science and technique, and it was very inspirational that moved me more, moved the needle more towards me doing this as a career. And I just, you know, I'm absolutely fascinated that they've they've stuck around for as long as, as they have. They pre-YouTube or pre pre the the predominance of YouTube as a uh, delivery device. America's Test Kitchen and Cook's Illustrated TV were on PBS. Really, when you think about it, pre-Food Network, that's pretty much the only place that you ever found food-related television was on PBS. But now America's Test Kitchen has a massive following on YouTube. I'm just looking at it right now. One and a half million subscribers. And they go through everything. They talk about science. They talk about technique. They talk about things like appliances. And they, they talk about not just recipes. And it's, you know, the, I don't, I, I think that they were an inspiration for what we've become at, at uh, the Northwest Method, but I think that they were a very good starting point. And I definitely recommend you know, them as a resource for people, yeah. Oh, and before I forget, I think it's really incumbent upon me to list my top food or food adjacent related movies. I know there'd be a lot of people who would want something like a Babette's Feast or Chef or Burnt or anything like that. But for me, for me, it's definitely Big Night. Big Night is definitely one of those movies where 
you can just feel passion. Now, passion is a word that, you know, I, I have a love-hate relationship with, but it is definitely something that come full forward in that movie. It's just, yeah, it's just, I love it so much. I think it's not just about the food too. I think it's the relationship between Tony Shalhoub's Primo and Stanley Tucci's uh, Secondo. It, it goes beyond brotherly love. It comes, it's, it's, it's like a, you know, this immigrant story. They, they're so good at what they do. They want to be so successful, but at the same time, they can't help tripping over themselves. It's just, yeah, so great. But there's a whole bunch of sort of food adjacent movies that I really want to recommend for people. Anything by Martin Scorsese is definitely, you know, it's going to have food in it. Even if it's about gangsters, it's going to have food in it. Goodfellas, definitely right up there. Probably, I would argue, one of the best food scenes in any movie. The prison sequence when they're preparing a whole bunch of food and probably the most memorable scene you'll ever see, uh, slicing garlic with a razor blade. Another food adjacent movie, and I want to talk about this, is The Founder with Michael Keaton. And it is about... Ray Kroc. Ray Kroc is in, if you were to talk to anybody who knows about McDonald's, they would talk about as Ray Kroc being the founder of the McDonald's restaurant chain. Technically, I guess that's true. He was not the founder of the very first McDonald's restaurant, but he was the creator of the McDonald's corporation. And this movie looks at so many different things that are so inspiring when it comes to food, customer service, organization, streamlining. It's to me, it was almost like watching a movie on Henry Ford, except it was in food. Absolutely fascinating movie. I, I found myself going back and forth between the fact that I absolutely despise this man and how he treated some of the people around him versus what he was able to do and what he was able to do with the blueprint created by the two McDonald brothers. I cannot recommend this enough. It is a movie that I watch at least once every six months because there's something that I get out of it every single time. And with that, I think that we're going to go with this. I think it's probably going to be a slightly shorter episode after I finish editing it than what we have most of the time. But I, I just wanted a chance to actually have a chat with you on my own. And I think that this was a really good opportunity to do that. And actually, maybe what we'll do is we'll have Eric, Tarek, and Tony give us their best food media in a, in a later episode. And I'll just come in and, and moderate. All right. So with that, I want to say thank you, everybody, for listening to the Northwest Method Express episode number 25. I'm Jonathan. And until next week, have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. 
there's a couple of websites you can check out to find out a little bit more about us. If you're interested in the school, you can go to nwcav.com. Or if you're interested in our online courses, you can check out thenorthwestmethod.com. See you next time.